can see the demon in you that doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Man, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this shit. Man, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Man, fuck this Everybody shit. Everybody say. Welcome back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Dre. Back again, as always. Uh, we start this motherfucker the same way, man. Thank y'all for taking the time out to listen. Thank you for the social media engagement. Thank you for all the support that y'all show, top to bottom. That shit is greatly appreciated. As I always say, I literally would not do this shit if it wasn't for that. So thank y'all. Um, Quick business, man. If you ain't left a five-star review, man, go leave a five-star review. Go share this with a uh, fucking friend. You know what I'm saying? We got fire content. We need more people to hear it. We need niggas to know how dope it is. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you follow all the social media platforms. All of that is in the uh, in the description of this episode and every episode. Make sure you sign up to be a subscriber. That's in the description of this episode and every other episode. If you're listening on Spotify, tune into YouTube so you can look at the video of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? You get to look at my beautiful face. You know what I'm saying? You get to see the transformation because right now, I'm doing an intro fresh from the barbershop got my beard looking crisply you know i'm saying shit looking good but the interview was recorded before i got the beard trimmed up so a nigga was looking homeless and haggard so you know you get to see a nigga transformation on video you feel me nah but um real talk uh i won't i won't i'm gonna keep the intro short y'all this is a i did another this is another interview I told y'all we was going to be doing more guests, more interviews on the podcast this season. I wasn't bullshitting. I try and be a man of my word. So I did this podcast with my little nigga Jalil, man. A little bit of uh, backstory on this. Uh, Jalil and his wife lost their son, Ken, uh, last year. Um, He had had like a congenital disorder. It's not genetic, uh, but... He had like a he had like a disorder that led him to have like like uh, his brain vessels were really susceptible to damage and he had a lot of a lot of issues throughout life and you know uh, at first they was told that he wouldn't make it much time at all and uh, they ended up having three years with him but this interview was just all about kind of what it was like for for him to have to. Um, We had to kind of see what it was like to uh, um, go through that, to deal with such a loss, to have to still take care of his family, take care of himself, you know, watching his wife go through something like that, what that was like. Um, y'all, the interview is literally nothing short of inspirational. I didn't know the story in death before I reached out to him. I knew his son had passed and... I I see him from afar and I had I had saw kind of what that loss had done to him as far as kind of taking something from him to a degree, if you want to put it that way. And uh, just recently, I had kind of started to like see that light come back. And I felt like that would be great to hear, you know, his perspective on what led him to that to that space, how he got through it, you know, you know, just what happened all together. I know there's lots of parents who may have lost someone, lost a lost a child or it's people in general who've dealt with tremendous loss or relationships that have dealt with things that make it seem like, man, how are we going to make it through this after that? And uh, 
this interview touches on all of that, man. Having the persistence, the drive, the support system, um, everything. It is, in my opinion, it's the best episode that we've had of the Fuck The Shit Podcast. So, without further ado, y'all, uh, my interview with Jalil. Alright, y'all, we back with another interview on the Fuck This Shit Podcast. You know what I'm saying? I told y'all we was going to make this more of a regular thing. Uh, this is my guy, Jalil. Man, how y'all doing, man? Thank you for having me on the show, man. Hey, man, absolutely, man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, no doubt. You know, I don't bring nobody on the podcast for no reason. I brought my guy on here. Um, really, because I, I really want y'all to hear my my dude's story. You know what I'm saying? Kind of the everything that him and his wife been through over the past few years. Uh, it is... I just think it's one of the things that people go through and it never really gets talked about. Um, black people go through it. It definitely never get. I've never heard really a, a platform or anything where black people talk about it. And what specifically, you know what I'm saying, uh, I think, what was it? Was it two years ago or last year? Uh, what's so? I said, how long ago was it? Uh, two years? Last year? Uh, yeah, last year. Last yeah, year? Yeah, last year, yep. Yeah, so I know. So last year... Uh, my man he lost his son um and i just wanted to kind of go through what what that was like but before we get through that i wanted y'all to know why we here and everything but before we get to that you know what i'm saying i want to start off with a little bit of backstory you know what i'm saying who who is jaleel you know what i'm saying like why mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying what 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 do we get to get here and, and part of the reason why is because i think that that has a lot to do with the story like the just your character overall you know what i'm saying your demeanor overall um so, uh, so, 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 so tell us, man, you know what I'm saying? Where, where, how, where'd you grow up? Where was you born? You know what I'm saying? What, what, what was young Jalil like? Oh uh, yeah, man. Uh, I grew up in Lawton. I'm from Shady City. Been mm. there pretty much my whole life. Uh, I'm born in OKC though. Okay. And a crazy story about that, how I ended up in Lawton. I was like three years old. Yeah, I was three playing with fire. And I fucked around, caught the house on fire, man. And. Yo, we had to move, and we ended up in Lawton, and I, my first spot was over there at uh, Regency. Over, it's called Bel Air now, but oh, back over then, there, it, uh, it, right by the casino, or is uh, no, yeah, oh no, Bel Air is on the south side. Huh? Yeah, it's on the south side, like okay. up in, uh Bishop. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like you, you passing like the convenience store, like you going towards the airport on the south side. Yeah. But yeah, man, we moved out over there in Regency, and it's crazy. That's where I met Keys at. He was my first friend when I first came down here. So that's dope. Yeah, and I've been in Lawton ever since. From there, yeah, then that's to where later. I met you. That's where I met. That's where I met Jalil from. I met Jalil from Keys. Keys uh, introduced us. You know, what I'm saying back when Keys used to be at the Stu Tough and shit like that. Oh yeah, uh, introduced me to my sure. nigga. And- I always thought I always loved your spirit, bro. Like I was like, man, oh, like, thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate like, that. From the first time I met you, I was like, bro, Keys, like, yeah. Keys introduced me to a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, that he fuck with. And like you stood out because I'm like, bro, like the energy on, on your homie, like that's good energy, bro. Like that's Oh uh, dope, man. Thanks, yeah, man. That's, I that's, learned that's, that at a young people. age, bro. Yeah. You have did you have people in your was was like was your people like that? Is your is your are you close with your with your family? How's your relationship like with like you got brothers, sisters? What's what's that like? Oh yeah, man. I got I'm the baby. Like I got three older brothers and uh a younger sister. It's five of us all together. Okay. So okay. it's pretty deep, man. Yeah, I'm we all different. Like uh it's wild. Like um 
kind of like the Ninja Turtles, bro. Hell <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I would say, like, one of the brothers, he's like a leader, you know, so he'd be Leonardo. Shit, we have a serious brother. That's Raphael right off the rip. Oh, we got a We got a nerd tech. That's kind of where I picked up a lot of my influence from is uh, he, uh, Danny. Some people know who he is. When I was growing up, I was with him all the time because he was in law at one point, but I was always around him. But uh, he's the Donatello. And then me, I'm Michelangelo. I'm the party guy, the adventurous one. So, yeah, and Precious, she's my sister. She's the roughneck, man. She's <laughs> she, she the gutter <laughs> one. She the, she the runt, but she the gutters one, man. She... She cool though, man. We got a we got a cool little bond with each other though, man. And that's that's kind of at a young age we learned that family is all we got, man. So that's dope. That's dope. No, I I, I like that, bro. It's uh for sure. Everybody don't grow up with family. That's something that I for I've, sure. Uh, I've I didn't grow up mine either, older. but you know, um, same. Yeah, we didn't grow up. Only grew up with uh, Precious and Danny. Okay. And then after my teenage years, it was just everybody moved out. Everybody young. had moved out because yeah. you're so young. Then, uh, now I mean, that but I'm you older, still, but you still had that foundation though. You know what I'm saying? Right, like it's, yeah, it's some sure. people who who like when for I say sure. they didn't grow up with family, it's like they don't understand what it's like to have right that support system. You know what I'm saying? Even for though sure. your brothers had moved out, you knew like if I'm going through some shit, I can always hit my brother up. For sure, right off the rip. No, no problems, questions asked. Yeah, that's sure. huge, bro. I think that Oh yeah, it definitely is, man. That kind of sets that that foundation. I mean it. If y'all was in Regency, I know y'all wasn't balling out the gym. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Nah, hell you know no. Nah. <laughs> but, but, but when you got that family, you got, like, actual strong family systems and shit like that or whatever. Like, that don't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, the motherfuckers don't even be caring about that shit. You know what I'm nah, saying? Nah, like, man. It's people, it's one of them things that's overlooked, but it's it's definitely worthwhile. It's overlooked easily, though. Yeah, straight up. So, like, um... Like junior high, high school, you know what I'm saying? Growing up in the L. Um, niggas is gang banging, you know what I'm saying? Niggas, is, <laughs> niggas you know what I'm saying? Like, the L, niggas act like the L. I tell niggas I'm from Oklahoma, they act like we just be in there, like, riding Cowboy horses boots and shit like that. Yeah, yeah like, man, always, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, niggas gang banging and shit, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers is, you, you know, motherfuckers don't be graduating from high school in the L. Sure. Like, niggas don't be really finding a way like what what was it kind of like for you like figuring out who you wanted to be you know what I'm saying coming coming up for sure um you kind of touched on it before like uh I grew up with my brother Danny he's a lot of my influence uh, especially as I got older but I started off rough just in it like anybody else man and um I started leading the wrong way and then certain things just didn't feel right like uh you know like doing crash dummy missions Hey, go go hit his pockets. We're gonna jump him. Then my friends had fun with it, but over time, like I was cool with it at the time. But when I'm by myself, I'm thinking, like, damn, that didn't feel I'm thinking about it. that shit wasn't cool, bro. Like, and I felt that at a young age, so I already knew I wasn't fitting in. And then I was like, Man, I ain't no hodo. So I I understood like if I be myself, it's gonna come with different kind of challenges. So I started being myself, but I kept my hands sharp because you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm about to pull these. I'm about to pull these Pokemon cards out. I'm about to talk about anime. <laughs> if you niggas talking shit, you about to see me, and that's the kind of attitude I had after after a while. Then it's wild now, man. The shit uh, that shit you got made fun of for growing up, but now it's a wave. You know, now but it's the wave. It's the I wave. Mean, but, but niggas don't I was know. On that young, the, but it was always cool. 
You know it what was. I'm saying? Like it that's the thing. Was. Like even even it was never something that I was in. Like it was like the Pokemon cards for show. Because I'm of that generation. Oh yeah, everybody had Pokemon. Nigga, cards. I had the Pokemon even cards. Even hood niggas had Pokemon cards. Bro, even hood. That's that's some surface <laughs> level shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but um, you hear about that a lot. I think that's kind of interesting to even talk about to a degree too, because you hear people talk about you know when I was young, the shit that I like now wasn't cool to like. You know what I'm saying? And it was. It was out the box to be that way. But I mean, it take a certain level of like looking back at it, you got to realize it took a certain level of courage on your part, a certain level of like, like that. It's hard to explain. Basically, like being being willing to be like, no, nah, I like this shit, whether y'all niggas think it's cool or not. Like, that's really the coolest shit a motherfucker hey, I can was scared, do. Bro, I was scared, man, because I'm like, damn, I'm about to be weird. And like, man, I knew what was going to come with it, bro. But I was like, all I can do is just protect myself. If y'all nobody going to hold me, man, you know, and uh, especially when I was younger, man, like uh, I had that temper to where like I snap. But it's like with friends, I didn't want to snap and hit friends. So I, I'll get mad, but I wouldn't do nothing. But yeah. It was one time I snapped and I did something and I was like, oh, I got hands for real. And after that, <laughs> that confidence boosted. I wasn't scared no more after that. So hey, but yeah, I started off, I experienced bullying and all that shit. I felt all that before. So that's why um, I don't allow it no more than anybody around me. I don't allow it. You know, I teach them, hey, defend yourself, man. Because something I realized young too is people will stick their neck out for anybody else. Hey, bro, if you need me, Anytime, man, I'll do this and that for you, bro. I'll drop anything for you. Hey, you do that for somebody else. Why not do it for yourself? You know what I'm saying? Bruh, that's a bar. When you by yourself, bro. You the, you the only that's one in bar, that room. Bruh. You the only one, man. So I started appreciating loving myself young, bro. And and I realized that shit's contagious, just like bad oh, energy. Absolutely. I learned it young, bro. So that's that's where that spirit come from, bro. Like That's where absolutely. I developed it at a young age, man. I love that, bro. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. That's that's and that's that's funny because that that energy. That's what I was talking about from the rip. Like that's something that I seen. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And you from the rip. I did an interview with uh with DJ. Uh, from oh the yeah, shout out to DJ man. To him about, he, he be doing his thing, man. Hell yeah. Uh, I was talking to him about what it was like for me. You know what I'm saying? Coming up, watching him. You know what I'm saying? And then even to hear him like talk about watching me come up because I'm not DJ's not. 30 years older than me, you know what I'm saying? DJ's 10 years older than me, you know what I'm saying? We kind of, right. he uh, enough older than me for me to have always seen like, okay, like you kind of like big homie status, but not like, you know, this is like my dad. You know what I'm saying? Right. When, I, when I be talking about watching like you with Keys and them come up, like I be kind of feeling like that because I remember when I met y'all, mm-hmm. y'all weren't men. Yeah, we were you know in high saying? school, like, man. <laughs> yeah, like y'all was kids, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all for was sure. coming up, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all was young niggas or whatever, but like now, it's so different to see y'all like actually come up, you know what I'm saying, and grow into like actually being men and shit like that. For sure. And uh seeing the way that y'all handle your business, take care of your families and shit like that or whatever. It just go to show that like all that shit translates though. Like all that shit that I seen in y'all when you was young, like are the are the blocks that like built you into the men that you are now. So it's kinda sure. dope to see, you know what I'm saying, that progression in somebody. And it's dope to hear on your end like what what your mentality was like, kind of what got you to that. Cause For like sure. I said, I always seen that spirit in you, but I didn't necessarily know where it came from. And I didn't know how intentional it was. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I mean, maybe like that's I just said, uh, My big brother, man, like, um, shout out to Danny Morris, man. He, that's, that's the guy that's my big influence, man. Like, uh, he was always different, but it was always 
he accepted it, man. I like different stuff. I like art. I like anime. I like cartoons. I like video games. And I was like, I like that stuff too, but I'm scared to tell people that. And then after a while, <laughs> he wasn't scared to do it. So I was like, I ain't going to be scared to do it either. So yeah. that's where a lot of my influence came from. So that's that family, like you mentioned, having that foundation, it, it helped a lot. That's fucking fire. That's fire. For sure. So, so, okay. You know what I'm saying? We get through junior high. We get through high school. You know what I'm saying? We, we doing our thing or whatever. So you, you married. How long you been, how long have you been married? How long, how long, first Ooh, of all, how man. long have you and Jordan been together? 13 years. Y'all been together 13, 13 years. All together. Years, been married, married how long? Seven. Been married seven. seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so y'all met in what? Junior high, high school. Man, it was crazy because uh, I had got suspended from school, and uh, it was it was for locking. So yeah. I got so I was suspended all like towards the, the last semester of school. I was out of school, and then the last day I had to come back to take a semester test, and that's where I met Jordan. And she was like, "I never seen you in school," but people are like, "Oh, Jalil, what's up? I ain't seen you forever." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, Niggas, no, no. I'm in sack, That's back when um. And Lawton High, across the street, where Brahms and all that, that's where SAC was. It used to be yeah. right across the street. Yeah, I remember. And um, I had to come across the school and take my semester test. And after it was over, I ran into Jordan. I met her through uh, Taylor Houston, rest in peace. She introduced us. And, man, it was the last day of school. And I liked her, man. I was like, she's different because she didn't do the whole, oh, Jaleel, how you doing? She was just like, oh, what's up? Treated me normal. And I was like, that's dope. You know then Yeah. I was in Upper Bound, which is like a college prep thing. My brother did that as well, so I did it. And it's like, hey, a bro, hold on, not to cut you off. That's oh, yeah. some lot nigga shit. I'm in sack. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I'm in sack. I'm in sack all 45 days, Man. but I'm also in Upward Bound because hey, exactly. I'm out here. I'm out here, but don't think I ain't smart though. <laughs> Man, exactly. But at a young age, bro, like I like Pokemon cards, but if you think you're going to hold me, it's not going to happen, bro. Yeah, like, that's not, that's not an option. <laughs> but okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, bro. So yeah, it's definitely, man, bro. So I met her at uh, Upper Bound, man. And uh, at that point I was like, I ain't going to lose you again. Cause I talked to you a little bit that day at school, but I was like, man, I should have got her name and like locked her down. I didn't really, you know, I talked to her in uh, Upper Bound, man. And at that time, she had a dude, so I, that ain't stopped nothing. Though. I was like, man, he can see me. I don't care. I really liked her that much. I really did, bro. <laughs> I did, bro. It was wild, man. I was going to fight did. for it. I think he was ready to risk it all off the rip. My exactly. nigga said, he can see me, bro. It's whatever. It's whatever. I didn't make it no secret. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's, how, that's the roots of it right there, man. So, And then... um. You know, her and, and her dude, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but uh, I guess they got into it and he broke up with her. And that's yeah. like, that was it. She was free at that point. I was already there and I took her and then um, he tried to come back in the picture or whatever. And yeah, she was already gone with me. Nice and then we just started growing from there. Bro, I started changing from that point. Like, yeah. But that started um, a lot of that too. Um, that's that's literally meat and potatoes of how we met. And then over through high school, you know, she transferred over to Ike with me and we graduated and all that stuff. Started doing our upper bound. Ike. Ike was cool, man. I enjoyed Ike. It really was, man. I learned better and like yeah, the academic program was better at the time. So really? it was a good move, man. And uh shit, man, then man, so much that happened. Like it's crazy. But uh we got tighter though, cause she hit me with an ultimatum. 
Yeah. Like, uh, you know me, I was still doing my school stuff, but dang, I don't even want, but I was doing my school stuff, but man, I was still out here pushing, you know, I was pushing weed and shit back when grams was 10 a gram and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was, yeah. I, I learned to plug at a young age and I was pushing behind the scenes and then nobody believed me. You know, I'm cool. I'm collected. Just the kind of person I am. And then, yeah. man, she didn't believe I was doing all that. And she came over one weekend. I, I lifted up the mattress, showed her my gun, all my stash, the money, showed her everything. Yeah. And she was like, hey, look, man, like you can either get a job or you can do all this shit on your own. And I was like, I really like this girl. So hey, I, I went with the ultimatum, bro. And then I got that job at Papa Louie's. That's my first job. And I worked two, three weeks and I finally got that first paycheck. And it was like $270. I'm like, Nigga, I'm, I went from making two bands a week to them. <laughs> oh man. I was like, I can't do this. Bro, shit. I done talked about, I, I done man, talked about I this before. This. They don't know, bro. Uh, when you didn't, when you been making a little fast money real quick and then you go to a man. job and you over here. Uh, and then you, struggling. man, you got to listen to people and shit. Oh man. You telling me what to do. And I, I got to yeah. listen. And Hey, shout out her though. Because most of these, most of these women, bro, they had seen that shit and they like, they think that shit is cool. Like, every girl I met was like that too. Keep Keep getting that bag, bag. Keep getting, you know, and but she's seen the bigger picture me on to that do shit. that. Yep, and man, bro, I, the bigger I didn't want to let her though. go. And that's when I knew for a fact she was different. I was like, yeah, I'm in for the long haul, man, and that's that's it, man. Like, so okay, that's you it. what you what what you do after you got that first check at Papa Louis, man? What was your what was your mentality? Man, bro? I called her. I was like, hey, I can't do this shit. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this shit. Nah, man, I this. She was like, it's okay, babe. It's going to get better. I said, no, it ain't. It ain't finna get better. This shit whack, man. Hell no, man. And, and I just started seeing a bigger picture of it because I started trying to look at the good and things, you know, like I normally do. But yeah. And I was like, well, at least it's, it's 270 bucks. But guess what? I ain't looking over my shoulder for it. I didn't yeah. rob nobody for it. I didn't have to hit no lick and flip nothing for it, you know. So I guess it did feel good to get honest money, but I just needed more. And then that's more. where the hustle. Yeah, I was like, so I've been climbing up doing this shit, so I can climb up in the legal world. So, man, I didn't, I didn't keep a job no longer than three months. I was moving jobs all the time. If you <laughs> people knew me a lot, damn, you, I seen you at Walmart. Though. Damn, you work here too. Yeah, I, man. Nigga say they paying pay me fifty cent cents more. more. Yeah, no, and I, moving, bro, I knew it, hey, bro. You know some lot of shit. <laughs> That's exactly what I was on. I my nigga said, I'm going to promote myself. Y'all ain't got to exactly. promote me. All right, bet. $7.25? Yeah. They paying $7.75? Oh, y'all got y'all $9 Man, over exactly. here? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how it was, bro. My resume, I looked at, I, made, I put in my two-week notice and left on good terms, so... I had a lot of jobs on my resume, but shit, man, it, it came with experience, and I learned a lot of shit. Like, that's where I got a lot of my trick of trades with stuff. I just... Did so many jobs, man. It was, it was cool, man. So, and you end up doing you doing security now, huh? Yeah, man. Um, that you like you, that's like you got your own little business doing that, huh? Yeah, footprint yeah, security. The, yep. Yeah, that's, that's the business. vibe I was getting. I only see you post, so like I couldn't tell for sure. But I was like, I don't think he worked for nobody. I think that's his shit. No, nah, it's our shit. Yeah, it's me and uh, me and two other guys. We run the whole thing. How long you had that? Uh, it's going on a little bit over a year now. We just started. Oh. We got a couple contracts. We hiring people, getting them paid. Okay, well let's it's let's cool, let's man. rewind in. Let's rewind in because I actually sure. with the with the way that timing lined up, I want to talk about like how you uh, built, how like starting that. Oh you yeah. You know, saying why you was dealing with everything else. Oh you know, yeah. Saying? So we talked about how you and Jordan met. So y'all mm -hmm. y'all meet. 
You know what I'm saying? Young, you get married. How old were y'all when y'all got married? Oh, like, man. Uh, we got married back in 2015. So about, shit, seven years ago, y'all got married. Yeah, 2015. So seven years. Yeah, I was about 23. Seven years. Yeah, so you married. She was like 20 and I was 23. Y'all got, I remember, I kind of remember y'all getting a house. Y'all got a house. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can let you know. I like, all right, so uh, it started off. With uh, it's just us after high school. Yeah. Um, we moved into our first apartment. We was over there at Rain Tree. Okay. So that's where we started, man, over there. And uh, my sister had some puppies or something like that. This makes sense in the story, but <laughs> she yeah. had some puppies, and it was like pit mix or something. I still have the dog to this day, but uh, <laughs> I had her, and um, I didn't know how big she was gonna get, and I didn't want to get rid of my dog, so I was like, we gonna have to get a house. Yeah, and that gave that gave us motivation to like shit. Like, let's go ahead and put in some hours at the job, and me and her putting in our bread together to get a house. And so we stayed at Rain Tree for about a year. Yeah, I think about a year, and then um, we moved into our house over there, over on the um, west side by uh, Kid Zone. Just to Which, just to clarify, that was the first niggas, house for niggas who not from the L, or whatever. Like, and I only I only want to clarify That's this because right. I want to keep kind of reinforcing the point. One of the things that's dope about your story as you tell it is you not one of the people like you meet motherfuckers who like they too good to start somewhere. Oh, yeah. Like, and they mind. They like, no, I'm too good. I, I'm not going to live here. I'm not going to nah. work here. I'm not going to do that, that, that. And hey, they got so much choosing, pride bro. that they won't start. <laughs> right. Exactly. My nigga. Like, but it's like you never let where you at like directly impact your vision as to where you're going you never let mm-hmm. your ego get in the way of like what you need in the moment you know what i'm saying like those are like big things that i think people kind of got to pick up on you know what i'm saying like yeah my first job was papa louis i own my security company now you know what i'm saying like See, my yeah. first spot was in raintree like raintree is the hood in law and like it's yeah. not like you're know saying like <laughs> raintree is the hood like we was living yeah. in the hood you know what i'm saying like and then we was like we ain't trying to live like this no more. Like, we need more space. We need more this. We need more that. So, we went to work. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, me I grew and my up wife like that, man. got to get, you know what I'm saying? Put our hands together. It was like, this is what we need to do to get where we trying to be. And then we made these decisions. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. that's dope as fuck. But, okay. So, so go ahead. You get the crib. Oh, yeah. For sure. Before we even led up to that, man, like, um, you made a good point. Like, I knew for a fact, like, the way I'm living, I don't want to live like this forever, man. Like, always been like on the system and stuff like that that's our background so yeah started off in regency then i moved to ranch oaks been there forever then we moved off to jefferson then we moved to monroe it was all it was everywhere i moved was the bad spots man so it was yeah. just like damn like i don't want to live like this forever and that's that's where that working started so i'm at the bottom right now and like shit i got a girl that's with me the same way she grew up in the po's yeah so it was like she from the north side i'm from the south side so i was like and the po's is the law and projects yeah oh yeah like, and i moved like there the POs later. Is like, like <laughs> everywhere everywhere that we done mentioned before was the hood none of them places was the po's the po's is like Man, yeah it was yeah it's rough like over there my senior year i was in the po's because we lived there for a while we lived on hoover it was muddy over there and everything but the po's yeah, is bro. the type of spot where like your front door to your apartment really be like a closet door like it don't even be like a real front right. door <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, like, it's just there. It's just there. <laughs> like a nigga ain't got to kick in your door at the POs. They could just it's just going to your house. Like, yeah, they could give it a quick little heave ho, bro. You get your shit with it. a credit card, bro. <laughs> right. <The> fucking driver's license. <laughs> right. 
They got a screwdriver. It's over with for you. It's That's over with boat. for you. They can get the dead boat off with the screwdriver. <laughs> There's no luck for you, but yeah, it's just that's how I started. I was Papa Louis. It was a start, man, and I was just like, I just we gotta do something. Then thank God I had a woman that was just she wasn't with me for just cash. She was with me, like you said, for the long haul, and that had a big picture in my life too. And like you said, the right woman on your right on the side of you is is a lot on the man's life, man. So I just happened yeah. to be lucky with the right woman. She didn't want to finesse me or nothing. So, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we moved. We moved out into our first house. We was over there by uh, we was on Thirty Third Street. It's like by um, it's like behind. Uh, it's weird to explain. It's like behind like Long John Silver. You know, like you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's where yeah, I used to live. I, I yeah, used to stay over there. House. Okay. I used to stay on Thirty Fourth. Oh, I was on Thirty Third. Okay, so you know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly where, where you was at. Yep. I know exactly where you was at. That was our first place, man, and then um. The owner, you know, we were renting and stuff. So uh, the owner of the house went under eviction or his stuff went up on auction. But we had to move in 30 days. So that was like, dang, you know, so uh, it wasn't that bad. We just spent all our money and moved somewhere else. And then we ended up in our house over in Meadowbrook. Okay. And that's over. It's still in by kids zone and all that off of uh, 38th. So it was a good area and stuff. And then, man, um, the twist and turn was when we had our son. Mm -hmm. That's where everything started changing. Um and it was wild because uh, how it all happened, you know, we, mind you, this is Jordan's third pregnancy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so third I didn't one. know that. Yeah, see, so the first time I went to basic training, um, it was two years after high school. Yeah. I wanted to go active duty. And then um, I got hurt and then I lost my temper. And yeah, it was bad and I got kicked out. So yeah. there's the active duty route. And then... Um, live life a little bit, working jobs, trying to make it happen, kind of doing what I've been doing, work different jobs so I make more pay. Yeah. And uh, I capped out at Sam's Club, man, and that's where I was at for a while with Sam's Club. It paid the best out of everything I was at. Yeah, especially in Lawton. It ain't a lot. Exactly. You don't realize there's not a lot of options in Lawton. It's not a lot, man. That's why it's a black hole. Most people stay with the fast lane because it's easier, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I'm telling you. Uh, but that's that's what that was, and I capped out there. And then um, wifey worked there too, so we capped out. We doing the good living. Then when our, our son was born, shit, I'm fast forwarding. This is uh, yeah, right after Sam's Club, I did the military thing. That didn't work out. Then we still working these jobs and stuff, but it was just like I gotta make something shake because this is whack, man. I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. This this this. Yeah. And then um, I did. I was able to get back in the military, but I couldn't go active if I did it again. I have to do one term as National Guard, and then I can do active if I decide to. But I, I was like, I'm just going to do National Guard, and I got six years to get my life together, pretty much, if I'm going to use this military stuff. Yeah. And that's the plan I had. So, you know, I'm doing orders with the military, you know, making money. And then uh, while I was in basic training during that second time I was going to basic, uh, wifey was already pregnant. You know, but then she lost them when I was in basic training during upper miscarry. So okay. she miscarried when I was in basic. So that was already rough because we're separated, you know, and she's yeah, going so through she a miscarry by herself. by herself. Yeah. So that was real traumatic. And, you know, I'm trying to pass basic the second time because this is my second time in basic. So yeah. I'm not trying to fuck this up, you know, so I'm not trying to let that distract me while, 
going through that, and that yeah, was already a, a trial a, for me. Yeah, it's a major though. Yeah, you going through something. Right, major, I'm you young. Can't be I'm, a, I'm only in my like, young twenties. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's how that happened, man. And um, I passed basic and all that good stuff, and I made I made it home. Wifey got pregnant again after I got home. That's how that. <laughs> and then, <be>. uh, <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, that's when um Ken Bear uh, was um we were conceived with him. Okay. But uh, it was wild because one day she was just like, "I ain't feel them kick all day today." So we was like, "Okay, cool." So we drove up to the city, or we drove up to the hospital to get looked at, mm-hmm. and they said, "Hey, there's some fluid in his brain," and we was like, "Fluid? Okay." So they med backed us all the way to the city. And they did a um emergency C section to get him out of there. Oh okay. and so uh we already knew from the rip that he was gonna something was wrong after so, that. So 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 just to slow you down a little bit though. For sure. Up until this point, throughout the whole pregnancy, like everything's normal. Like y'all everything's have any, normal. She's like eating they haven't clean. told you anything, like right. nothing. Okay. Drinking water, she drinking water, eating clean, how, got how that pretty glow was... going on. Do you remember how early it was that they had to do the C-section? Like how far she was? It was like 39 weeks. Okay. So she was like, was like, oh, yeah, she was like damn near full term. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was it was good. Like everything yeah. was cool. Then she was just like, he ain't kicked today. It was just last minute. So um, she was just like, I just don't feel right. I feel like something's wrong. That's and I don't crazy. challenge. I don't challenge mom's intuition. You know, that's Hell something I don't no. do. You can't, bro, because they know, bro. They know, man. They know. They know you know, so... Sure enough, man, we went up there and got looked at. It was some fluid in his brain. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. You know, you know, they put her through hell, man, with the whole procedure. She felt the C-section. It was terrible. Because the medicine they were trying wore to get off. them out so quick. Right. And the medicine oh. wore off. And they tried to make her have it naturally through labor. Mm-hmm. So it was just like that wasn't helping with them because he wasn't coming out that way. So she was in labor for like 21 hours or something like that. And then they did the emergency C-section. And that's how we got him out. But when he came out, he was blue. So we was like, oh, snap. So we already knew something was wrong, but we didn't know what. Yeah. You know, so that's how that all started with him. So ultimately, like, what are those first few days like? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do y'all, how, how, I don't, so I guess, I guess you could, you could start off with like, so like what, what, what did his condition end up being? You're saying like, what, what was okay. it? Ultimately. All right, so um, after he was born and stuff, he went through all these tests, and he was a lab rat pretty much. It was sad, man, but uh, they um, they did all these tests on him. They took blood from me and wifey, mm-hmm. did a genetic test, and come to find out he has something called cold 4A1. Mm-hmm. And we like, what is that? And it was yeah. less than 200 cases worldwide on it. So we're like, so we got some rare shit, you know? Yeah. And um, so we did a little genetic test and all that stuff, and um. It wasn't in either of our blood. Like both, we don't have any genetic defects. So you or don't anything. even have the. You don't even have the. the right. The it was just a freak accident. So ended up what code four A one is is pretty much, it's a collagen gene defect, uh-huh. and what that is is to where, your brain vessels are real fragile. So any kind of seizure, uh, um, a stroke, anything, your uh-huh. brain vessels are more prone to burst. So he had a stroke within the womb, and that's what caused and his brain to bleed. That's why he stopped moving. That's why he stopped when she, moving. When she yeah, stopped feeling the move. That's what right. That was. Yeah, and then um, it was a grade four brain bleed. So literally, his whole brain bled. So before he was even born to use anything, he was already had scarred brain all uh, through his head. But that was the meats and potatoes of it. Was 
after all the lab testing and all this stuff, he was always getting blood taken from him and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. um, that's what they found out. He has, but now it's called Gold Syndrome. So okay. that's what his case is. But it's still a very rare case. So yeah, we just like, got yeah, caught you said with 200 it. Two hundred cases worldwide, not two hundred worldwide. Cases yeah, that's crazy. And he was caught with that man, and um, so we were in a NICU, you know. Uh, naturally, you know, we just in the NICU the whole time, couple mm-hmm. weeks or whatever. And they did all the testing on him. They told us what his condition was. And after that, they were just like, man, like, we did everything we could do. You know, we can just, you know, just take him home and love him. And they say he pretty much ain't going to live past a week. So we kind of, we was preparing for it, you know. So we was like, let's just love on him the best we can. And he ended up living three years. I was about yeah, to what, say, I was about to say, I was about to say, I know years. he lived a while. I was about to say, yeah. wow. Yeah, he fought through. Wow. I think it's it's crazy because uh, when we were there, there was a lot of other sick kids, but their parents weren't there. They were just yeah abandoned type stuff. So we just, we think that just loving them made them fight. You know, like we really that's think wild, that's what. bro. That is, that's amazing. Yeah, if you've seen him, like he was messed up. Like it was bad for him, but yeah. Three he wanted years. to live, man. That's, oh yeah, that is because I know like so what what was so what's that like when you start to realize the transition of we need to take our son home, love him for this this short amount of time, we gonna have him and get ready to grieve this loss kind of immediately? Because I mean, like right. they telling you at the hospital, like basically take your son home, like he'll you know what I'm saying he's gonna die like in the next week or two, you know right? Like, That's just, exactly what they said, you know whatever whatever. Way. But like so at a certain point, you know what I'm saying that week three week four, week six, then you got to start to think about it more practically. It's like, okay, so how do we exactly. care for him? That's, you, you nailed it on the head. Cause, um, well, my first initial thought, um, when he came home with us, I was like, well, look, babe, I can tell you this. This is during that time when that daycare shit was going on. I don't know if you remember, you, you pretty woke on news and stuff, but yeah, with the daycare stuff where kids were getting hurt and the Dang. abuse and stuff was happening mm-hmm. in daycares and everything. It was during yeah. that time. So I was like, man, I'd be damned to have my son, pretty much special needs, his brain is destroyed yeah. pretty much, to be in in uh, daycare and he can't be taken care of. So I I told wifey, hey, babe, you stay home, you take care of him, and I'm going to figure out finances. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I have a history of hustling, so I relied on that. I said, Jamil, you, you hustle, go ask. I knew I was going to find a way. Even though I didn't know how, yeah. I just knew. I followed my gut, bro, and was like, you got to make this shit happen because mom got to stay home and take care of this boy like 24 seven. So, and, and I knew that at a young age, like I, or when he was born, when he was first born, I knew like, I gotta, I gotta pick this weight up. That's, I already knew. That's and I was like, I'd be damned to have my wife work. I work. And then he'd be in daycare and he'd come back and can't yeah. tell us anything, you know? And yeah. Nah, I wasn't going for it. So like, we got to protect took the in weight. a different way. Yep. And I took the weight. So everyone, so when people say, uh, things are too expensive. You can't pay for everything like you could back in the day. I, that wasn't a choice for me. Like my son is sick. Like I can't listen to that. It gotta be a way. See, and that's, and that's, that's what I went through, man. So that shit's so powerful though, bro. Like, yeah, I can't, can't listen to that. You I can't, can't afford that. that. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I can't afford it, man. So that's where it started, bro. That's where I was like, I got to figure this shit out. And then, you know, on top of just being black, man, you know, just trying to do something out here. Be, I'm out of Lawton. I'm finally up in the city. And I don't know if you remember, we were down bad, but uh, we did a GoFundMe. You know, a lot of people helped us, man. Like after we found out his condition and we knew what it was, we was like, 
can we get any kind of donation so we can move to the city? Because we were steadily to be closer to back his and medical forth. care. Exactly. Yeah. He was there every other week, two times a week. And, and man, the L and the community helped us a lot. And we used that to move, and the rest of it went towards all his special needs stuff. We didn't use none of it for ourselves. That's so, that's so dope, though, because it's like people shit on stuff like that. Like, but oh, I was embarrassed. That's what man. it's I was, for. Bro. I was but hurt, and that's so crazy like, that man. you shouldn't have felt embarrassed for no shit like that at all. Because like that's it's what good. it's for. And it's like as somebody who come from the community that you come from, someone who come from you. Like I didn't, I didn't see it. And uh, the reason why I know I didn't see it is because I put no money on it. Because I would have loved to have put some money on that. For sure. You know what I'm saying no like doubt. that would have made you know what I'm saying that. like on some. It. I would have felt like. I would have been a bitch ass nigga not to put money on that. You know what I'm saying? Like this, I my little homie, you. like they going through some shit. Like, and, and like you said, bro, like you exhausting every avenue. Like you, like I'm at work. You, like no, nah, my wife got to stay home because she got to stay with my son. Yeah. I got to do this. We got to do that or whatever. I, yeah. Like, so when it comes to looking to your community to be able to support you through something like that, you shouldn't. There should be no shame in that. Oh, you know for what I'm sure. Saying? That should be. That should be. Hell, if if it's any shame to be had, like it should be shame on on us for having to make it even come to the point of you having to ask. Like it's almost like you wish that you. I mean, obviously this is unrealistic. You know what I'm saying? But like you wish that you almost <laughs> lived in a community that was more so like people would see a need that needed to be addressed, and you wouldn't even have to ask. For sure. You know what I'm saying? But and yeah, you know, um, just being prideful anyway. I have a pride issue, so you know, just like anybody else, you don't like to ask for anything, but. Like you said, it was at this rate, it wasn't about me. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's about getting this boy to where he need to be at. I need to get closer. I just need to get to the city and I'll take it from there. Yeah. So uh, that was the biggest challenge, honestly, man. Like, like I said, I didn't have a game plan. So I was just like, man, I'm a, uh, I went to a job fair. I, I lived in Lawton. Mm-hmm. I went to a job fair in OKC. And then I landed a job that same day for a construction job. But it was like a apprenticeship and all that. So. Yeah. It was like thirteen fifty an hour. So in my head, I'm from Lawton. So I'm like thirteen fifty an hour. Hell yeah, that's cool. Hey babe, let's move. Let's go ahead and get to the city. Get to the city making thirteen fifty. Use the GoFundMe stuff to get us set up and get our boys things. Yeah. So I got a I got a head start. So um I'm working the job. I'm working all these hours. I'm doing construction. I'm building these concrete walls and all this stuff. Working mm-hmm. hard, bro. And man, um. Over time, I just couldn't pay nothing. Like, all the bills. I'm like, I'm not spending my money on nothing else but bills. But why I don't have enough money? Yeah. And then we learned later that my income was here, but my rent and bills was up here. So, yeah. you know. I mean, which I, is I, like, it sounds like some basic shit, bro. But, like, niggas really don't understand how I much yeah, motherfuckers don't actually difference. be budgeting. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. motherfuckers be working, taking that check, looking to see what's due, paying it, and then going to the next check. You know what I'm saying? And doing it again. You know what I'm saying? Instead, because like we not really taught that. Like people say all the time, like, oh, they should have class in high school about this and that and that. But like that's real. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that you can get grown before you come to like the mentality, the realization of the reason I don't have enough money is because my bills are more than my checks. And I learned that the hard way, bro. Yeah, like, we all like, did. I thought, man, we I was all like, did. damn, I thought. So I was like, at this rate, I gotta get another job. You know, <laughs> like I've been doing, I gotta get another job. So I sauced my resume up and ended up in the oil field. Okay. So I was able to do good in there. And I moved up and everything. Like I said, everybody quitting. The job was hard. I wanted to quit, but I couldn't. My position was different. I can't quit. I can't just quit and up and leave the job like everybody else can. And I can't complain and lose a job because 
my situation is different. I gotta, I have to make this money, you know? So, um, our finances were straight, but now things at home is getting rocky. Cause now you know I leave home. at 2 PM, but I come home at 4 AM. So I'm not home enough, but wifey was understandable. Like, Hey, you know, I understand you're making money and this is that, but you still feel shitty when you can't like you provide for them, but you're not there, you know? And like, That's I got a the... newborn son I can't play with. Cause you know, every time I come home, he sleep and I got to sleep to wake up. It, it was a mess, man. So, you know, that was, that was an obstacle in itself, you know, with Bruh, that. Like, but... I think one of the biggest things like going through this story with you that like really keeps like pointing out is that, and I say this to people all the time and I'm never talking to anybody who's going through something as tough as what y'all had to go through. But mm -hmm. the crazy thing about it is, is that it still applies in the exact same way, which is that like the world don't stop for nobody. It don't. That's the like, sad The world thing about does not it. stop for you. Like the world don't give a fuck what you got going on. It don't matter. No I one like, like the world don't care that your son is sick. The world don't yep. care about any of that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And the only way for the only way to like really make it is like to, to make sure that you are you out. It's almost like it's, it's a harsh thing to think about, but you got to keep that in mind. It's realistic. You, yeah. Yeah. It's realistic. You got to realize like, man, like I got to keep doing this. I got to find a way I got to get this money. And then as a, as a man, it, it, and it's, 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 it's different. It's different. You, know, you, it, you, you, you feel like the head of that. You had I a feel birdie, like I'm yeah. the guy that got to make the way. Yeah, and it's, it's like that balance of, okay, like I want to spend time with my family, but what is the time? What's the, but you don't want to be the nigga who like, it's a nigga who with his kids all day long, but like they ain't got shit. See? You know what I'm saying? Like, and they over there hungry and they over here like, how are we going to get this? And how are we going to get that? you like, I don't want to mm -hmm. be that nigga. Like I can't be the nigga who just yeah. sit in the crib all day, but I also like want to provide for my family. It's, it's hard to, it to, is. you know you what I'm saying? It so, on, bro. That's exactly how it was. So it's like, at that age, like 23, 24, trying to go through all that, you're like, damn. And then you're dealing with the politics with the military. Hey, yeah. you got a 30 day notice, you about to deploy. So like, damn, I can't, I don't got no say so in that either. So now I already don't spend no time with my family. Now I'm really not about to spend no time with them because I'm about to be gone for the next nine months. Oh, so you got deployed so, within that time too. Yeah, I got deployed. I deployed twice. You deployed twice? Yeah. Shit. Yep. So the first like time I that... deployed, yeah, the first time I deployed, luckily, Key and Bear saved me. So that's why I said, man, it, it's weird, like, how things happen. Yeah. But I was deployed with um my unit, and uh, we were getting ready to leave. I did all my training. We went to Fort Bliss, Texas to finish it up, mm -hmm. getting ready to go overseas. Then my son was born with all those complications. Hey, your son got this, this, this going on. It took me away, and I seen him, how he was, and... I wasn't yeah. mentally straight, man. I brushed down. I was broken, and they fucked. I wasn't. Yeah, I was fucked up. Of course, because so. I mean, like, like, yeah, you're not fit to deploy right now. Hell no, I'll stay your ass back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's hey, bro. Like, it's. I feel like it, even for me, like I learned this in this interview. Most people who have to deal with something like that find out at that. What what is it at like 16 weeks that they do that blood draw or something like that? Like they do a test at like 16 weeks. Or some mm -hmm. shit like that to see, like, does your baby have Down syndrome or, like, any of these other things or whatever. So, like, most people who are Everything have, was good. Exactly. Time. Yeah. And most people have, number one, they have an option at 16 weeks, like, at a pregnancy that's that that young, whether they want to go through with the pregnancy or not to begin with. If they mm. do, they know from then, 
what they're in for. Like, this is the care that my child is going to need. This is what I'm going to, what I need to get ready for. I need to get my house ready in this way. I need to get myself ready. I need to learn how to do these things. You know what I'm saying? Like they get all this leeway. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Y'all went nine months. And then like everything good. And then it's like that last minute, literally. And then even from there, you, everything is changing. Like I would imagine like how, so, okay. How old was Ken before, or was there ever a point even where you stopped feeling like any day could be my last day with my son? Like at what point was there a point where you kind of like let your guard down? Like, I don't want to say let your guard down, and maybe that is a good word. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. You kind of not as on on your toes with it. I would say six months, man. Like after six months, we like, oh, yeah, he good, man. He he learning how to speak a little bit. He's, he's trying to walk a little bit. He know how to yeah. use his eyes. He can't talk, but he can yeah. use words and he communicate. And it's crazy. We learned how he communicate without even, without him even using words. Certain little yeah. things he used. And when he did have his voice, the he used certain tones. Certain tones, he do a certain movement. His eyes move a certain way. You understand what he wants from that. But only That's me and, and my wife understood it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's hungry. He's like, what? Like, yeah, he's hungry. You got to, oh, yeah, he's gassy. That's what that means. Like, and he didn't speak or anything. You just knew what he wanted. It's, but it's the language he had. It was weird. But only me and wifey knew it. It was, it's wild. So it was no way we can have him on the daycare because nobody understood him. Like, you know, and, um, this led to where it was harder though. Like you said, about six months, we let our guard down. We like, cool. Everything's good, you know, but then, about seven months, eight months in before the year, his health already started declining. So that's when we was like, oh, shit, things are changing, you know? You saying so, before he before he got to a year, like before he reached a year old, yeah, like he's six, when he seven hit, months old? Okay. Right. We started noticing things were changing, like uh, his food intake and all these other different things like that. He having different health complications. Uh, so he was having a whole lot of seizures, too. He started having more seizures. He'll start having spasms and he having strokes. And then we and, got his uh, liver and stuff checked and everything, and because they thought it was Billy, he had he was born with hyperbilirubin, so they thought it was something with his liver. Yeah. And uh, they said his liver was like the age of an eighty-year-old man. So we was like, oh yeah, so we in for a treat now, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. that's when we knew, like, that was about I'll say about eight nine months in before a little bit before a year, we noticed things started changing. He started having more seizures and everything. And that's when I knew, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of – but we thought it was going to be fixable. You know, like, hey, you know, let's get him on some meds. Let's fix it while, you know. And Jordan was on him 24-7, man. So I always commend her for that. Yeah, I, mean, I have I all the kids it, in the world with that woman. Because <laughs> hey, I know bro, she got listen, him. Shout out to your wife, bro. Like, man, just thank you. From everything you done said throughout this whole time, man, absolutely. I mean, shout out to both of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously. You know what I'm saying? She like, stayed there for me, man. Man, like, shout out to your wife, bro. Like, to have to to deal with that from her perspective as a, you know what I'm saying? And she's there every day. You know what I'm saying? You oh, gone. Yeah. Long stretches yeah, of time. She's herself. having to deal with, you know what I'm saying? Y'all been mm-hmm. together. I was thinking about that when you was talking about uh, being gone for them long stretches, I'm like, if they didn't have a baby at all, that's hard on a lot of relationships. Oh, yeah. Like, if oh, you yeah. didn't even have no kids, if y'all was just together, mm-hmm. just you and her, you having to be gone that much for work, and then you National Guard too, and you getting deployed, you gone again. Right. That's hard on most people. Oh, yeah. Period. That's why, man, I commend her. And then she's real, she's very family-orientated. So 
that has a lot to play with that too. Like, you know, she spent a lot of time with family when I was gone. So that made me feel good too, to so know that she, she had somebody. Herself. Yeah. So yeah, then um, everything was good, man. That's when we noticed things were different. Uh, I ended up getting a job through the uh, Air Force, or not the Air Force, through the Army. Yeah. I got on orders through them with the National Guard job. So now I'm making good money and I can get off at a decent time. So during that time, life was good, man. You know, like I'm helping around the house more. I'm helping her clean up and cook, helping my son, seeing them yeah. more. Life was good, man. Then um, I got deployed again. I got pulled on the deployment and uh, actually went through this time. So <laughs> I couldn't get out this one. So uh, during this time, I deployed. And um, thank God it wasn't too bad. We all made it back home alive, you know, thank God, you know. But uh, it was wild being over there because just being deployed and being around people that don't like you, spies, people that want to kill you. Yeah. You're training every day to make sure, you know, you're up for training. Like, it was, it was wild just to be in an environment knowing, like, any day you can war from here like Straight and up. and you know this whole time my son's getting sicker at home so i'm like i gotta fucking make it home so i'm doing what i gotta do to make it back i got to like i said yeah. with everything else i can't i can't afford to let nothing happen to me because if i'm gone like my wife and son is gonna be you know what i'm saying that's what i, I mean, was going through in my head the whole time when you think about it bro like one thing that i was just thinking about when you said that man i'm it's it's almost a blessing that for all the complications your son had throughout his life that he didn't pass while you were gone. That's what I was thankful for. for you know sure. what I'm saying? Cause that, that would have been as a man. And I don't know. I feel like most men can, can understand where I'm coming from, from this perspective, whatever, like as a man to have something like that happen while you gone. Yeah. That's, it's hard. Man, to, I don't know. They're trying to stay alive, you know, trying yeah, to stay alive. Yeah. And, like, it's man so it's just like you said any but the thing is though every first you know the bills come up hey we still got to pay this hey insurance for him they don't give a fuck about none of that they don't care about no mental health they don't care about none of that man so like you said i understood that at a young age i'm not gonna get no help there's no handouts you know so yeah, i just I gotta, gotta get it i gotta get it so and i'm just thankful that i had a wife that can just hold it down for me too like Hey, babe, I know this sucks, but this is the best we can do. At least you ain't got to worry about no money, you know. And, and I just had a woman that had patience to just, you know. But uh, during that time I was deployed, that was going on. This is during COVID, so we're moving up past that part, you know. Yeah. And this is leading towards more of his death and things like that. Yeah. So this is what I'm going through while I'm gone. And uh, it was wild, man. So I'm just – all that stuff happened. You know, my son's getting sicker. I don't know every, I don't know all the ins and outs details because wifey trying to make sure I stay sane. She's not trying to tell me too much while I'm over there. So she's trying to, yeah, he's good. You know, FaceTime video and talking. It was cool. You know, then um, I got home. Everybody's in fucking mass. The world is closed down. This is COVID shit's going on. So mm -hmm. I'm coming back with this different mentality. And then the world is different. I come to see my son. He got tubes in his neck. He got all these different things attached to him. My wife gained all this crazy amount of weight. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, yeah, in this, stressed out. So, yeah, it was a mess, man. So yeah. I was like, damn, dude. So uh, I came home and seen his drawing board. And my wife had a drawing board of all his medicines he got to take throughout the day, the times to feed him, his millimeters on his food. It was a chart full of yeah. shit. And I'm like, all right, so how does this go? Okay, at 6 o'clock, you got to do this. 
At eight, you got to do this. At 11, you got to do this. At four, it was a whole schedule. And I was like, there's no way in hell you would have been able to work a job doing this shit. Yeah, shit just, oh, and it's overwhelming to come back to because it's like, you've been doing all this while I've been gone. Like, right. It then turned into this. Like, it was always hard, but like, it's this now. Like, Like, God damn. And then that goes back to what you said. Like, okay, you know, they said he was going to last a week, but now as time go on, we got to be more. You know, we got to start planning for this now because he's gonna he's gonna be here. You know, yeah. And that's that was part of it. You know, like oh man. So, um, at that rate, I was just like, yeah, he's really sick. But, um, we, I, it's one of the things. Like, uh, it, everything was different. Like my thoughts is everywhere trying to put it together. But when I came home and it was like that, I instantly felt just wait. Like my family's like in the crisis right now. But the funny thing is. Everybody on Facebook and the world around us think everything good. Yeah. Me and wifey almost divorced after that. Like when I came home, we almost divorced because I didn't realize that uh, I had a lot of wrong things going on with me. Like uh, she always tried to get me to open up, talk to her and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I sat down one day, like we clashing, we fighting all the time, but we just put all our problems and differences to the side. Mm-hmm. And we got to take care of this boy. And that's what it was. So our problems didn't matter. We never addressed them. This boy's here, and that's what matters. We got to take care of this kid because he need us. Yeah. And then um, shortly after he passed away, man, uh, we didn't have that wall to block those problems. So now you're dealing with a man with PTSD and all this mental shit from war, and I'm dealing with a broken woman who had the whole world around her break down, and her son is getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and she's doing it all on her own with no help. I was so gonna ask two different people. I had that. I actually had that written down to ask y'all because, or to ask you because, it's something that I've just seen over time. Or whatever. It's like it's like a super high percentage of like relationships don't last through the passing of a child. Oh yeah, we, like we if you lose about a child too. with somebody, the likelihood that y'all will stay yeah, together is like low, low, low. Like it's like oh, most yeah. most relationships don't make it. So like that 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 this leads directly into that question. Like so, how do y'all how do y'all make it through that? All right, uh, man, it's, it don't go away, man. You still feel the pain. Uh, certain songs I can't listen to. Yeah, I can't watch a lot of videos because they break you down. Like, the pain don't go away. Like, uh, I would say on his day of passing, um, I, it was like at, at a point we kind of knew he was passing because it was like we did everything we could, but his health is still declining. Yeah. And uh, after I noticed when I came home, he had the trach in his neck. His voice was gone. So after they took his voice away, like you can tell he wasn't he wasn't happy anymore. He you can tell he just wasn't happy. Like and, his quality, um, like at that point it was like before it started before declining. that point it's like his quality of life was still you could still see joy in him. Is what at least what it sounded like right. to me is that like Right, you can still like, see yeah, joy everything in him. Yeah, like, you sure can. But like after that point, once he lost his voice, it was like you you start to see that joy dissipate. Yeah, it's like okay, like now this is yep. more and then right. it, and it, what hurts more about the whole thing is like, and I feel like I'm alone in this other than Jordan, which is crazy. My high school sweetheart uh, is just the feeling of, as any parent, you do anything for your kid. That's what I felt like we both did. I even deployed yeah. for him so I can get him a house. Yeah. Like this house I'm yeah. in now. I did that so I can get the VA stuff to get a house, a big enough house so we can move his stuff around in so we're not. The ceiling was like this in our house. We lived in the city, but the ceiling was still 
Yeah. You know, we just trying to survive. I'm still trying to survive the Lawton mindset. I'm just trying to make it. I'm not in Lawton no more, but I'm still trying to survive. I'm not living. Yeah, you know, ahead. so um, after that deployment, I was like, yeah, we're going to get a house and stuff. But uh, during that time, I had like a little bit, a few months left in the military. So I was like, after the military, you got to find something else. So I was working on a job. I finally got a job, but it required a security plus. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got three months to take it, whatever. So I'm going to just hang out at this job for a little while. Everything good, still making money. And um, oh, let me charge my phone real quick because I do not want this to die. <laughs> it's at 10%. I dodged it the first time. Sorry about that. You nah, know. you all good, big okay. dog. Go right ahead. Let's see. Yeah, I know it's getting good, so I don't want to be like... <laughs> No problem, no problem. Here it is. Have to run and go get that real quick. All right. There we go. Where was he at? Sorry about that. You were saying you had to get that security plus clearance. Okay. I had to get the security plus, but I was like, hey, I got three months to get this. So I got some time, whatever, you know. So everything was good. You know, I'm enjoying the job and stuff. I'm starting to study a little bit more about the job and getting prepared for what I got to do. And I just noticed my son's health is getting lower and lower. So this goes back to what I was saying before as something I feel alone with, along with uh, just my wife that can relate to this. But as a parent, you will do anything for your kid. But even after all that we've been doing for him, just to see your son is pretty much dying every day and you can't do nothing to stop it. Like you can play with him. He smiles. You give him his favorite ice cream, his favorite food, put on his favorite movie. But every day he's still, and you can't stop it. So as a parent, like I want to do everything. Yeah, you, and it's a terrible feeling. So it's like just knowing like, man, I'm doing all this, but I don't know how long he's going to live. And just I can't do anything to stop it. He's going to all these appointments we're doing. And it's just that, just knowing it don't matter what you do, it's, it's still happening. And then that boy was fighting long term. He got on hospice. And that's when we knew, like, the fact that he's on hospice yeah, we know uh, it's at the end because anything leaving with cancer, somebody going hospice, that's it, man. So yeah, hospices, yeah, they just they just that's intern. It's like pain management at this point, right? So he was on morphine and all this stuff, and then sure enough, his mom came in, and he was uh, his mom came in and everything else. He was still you know trucking along, but he just looked tired, man. He just looked tired and. You know, it was like, man, then they told us that we couldn't feed him no more. So we couldn't feed him. He was thirsty and all that. We couldn't give him no food, water. And he's doing a little signals that he wants food and you can't give it to him. And it's, it destroyed me, man. So I know that. Man, sure enough, I cannot yeah, imagine. Yeah, man, it, it destroyed us. And then uh, wifey came in there, talked to him a little bit, rubbing his head. And she just said, hey, son, it's okay. You can rest. And he literally passed away after she said that. And we saw him take his last breath, and he was just there. I was trying to move him. He stopped moving. He was gone. He was just in the bed, gone. And at that rate, I'm like, I was numb, man. I was like, that. I never felt nothing like that before. I've seen some wild stuff, deploy-wise and things like that, but it's nothing like that. Like, it was a very it, – it's one of them pains you can't you, – you don't understand it, you know, so – yeah. I know in my point of view, I felt like I lost all my purpose. Like 
everything I'm doing, everything, I uh, I lost my purpose. Like this was what I was supposed to do, provide for my family. But now this happened. And then the crazy thing is, this goes back to the Security Plus thing. I had to take my Security Plus test. So my test, he passed, he passed like during the week, but I had to take it that following weekend. So it's like, I'm trying to comprehend. Things is rocky at home. We're fighting a lot. My son just passed away, but I still got to study and take this test because if I don't pass this test, I don't have a job. So not only will we be going through this, I won't have a job and we will lose everything. Because so just like the pressure said, of that alone, don't it stop, don't care. Bro. It don't care. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what I had to go through on that end. Like, man. And then, uh, I eventually got, I passed the test, you know, cause I had to do it. I had to pass, I passed the test. I ended up getting the house and all that good stuff, but none of it felt good, man. Like we got this house felt empty. Uh, got two new cars. Didn't feel good, you know, and then, me and wifey still going through it. Hold on real fast. Hold on right there because I my my baby just woke up. Hold on real quick. Oh, sorry about that. No problem. Oh. We're going we gonna to have a little special guest with us for the last little bit of this. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> She's adorable, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. She just woke up from her little nap. Oh. Uh, but so you were saying... Um, you saying you just had to take your test. You and wifey going through it. You just got, you talking about how you just got two cars, house, all this shit, but it's like, it you still ain't feel feeling it. right. So yeah. now I understood what money don't buy happiness. Like I understood that. So yeah, it's cool. You got money, but when you're not right, man, you're just not right. And um, so we're going through that, the um, that depression of it, the, the grief and everything. But now we don't have that wall in between us. So now mm-hmm. you're dealing with a man with PTSD and all this stuff. And I'm dealing with a, a woman that's been going through all this since I've been gone. You know, so we fighting going through it. And we mentioned divorce before, but we moved into this house. And this was this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved into this house and we were like, we got a divorce. Because we just can't get along. Like, but then we just sat down and was like, how did we get to this point? Like. You remember how we came together and did this, this, like, how did we get to this point to where we're about to split apart? Yeah. And then uh, I just told her one day, I said, well, you know what? Um, to let you know I'm serious, I'm going to go see therapy. I'm going to get some counseling. And I told her, because I always felt like I didn't need counseling. You need to go counsel. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that. You know, and I went to go counseling and they were diagnosed me with all this stuff and I had no idea. And then I, uh, after we had that talk, I showed up the next day with that um, the piece of paper, and I showed her, "Hey, babe, I got a, a counseling. I got counseling next week with this doctor, and blah blah blah." Then she was like, "Oh yeah, he really he really does care." And this time, for the first time, you listened to me. I didn't hear you, but I listened to you. Yeah. And she'd been telling me to go to therapy because she said I was different, but I didn't yeah. believe it. My pride in the way, you know. And I, I told her I'm going to therapy. I showed her, and she was like, "Oh, you for real." And I really went, and then she was like, I'm going to work better on my end, too. And we just worked on being better people for each other. And that's where we are now. That's in a nutshell. That's like the most fire answer I feel like a motherfucker could get. I was, through everything you were saying, like, it's almost like you ever be watching a TV show almost, and you hoping it end the way you think it's going to end? Like, man, I hope that it ends. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. like, I was hoping that at some point you said that you ended up going to therapy because I feel like 
especially oh, yeah. as black men, like we'll go through hell and, and be like, no, nah. yeah. Like, why would you even, when you, when you like list out the things that you've been through, like white people will go to therapy over nothing. Like white people mm-hmm. will go to therapy, grew up in a two parent household in the suburbs. And they like, my parents were kind of hard on me for school and they will go to therapy for that, bro. And right. we will like, watch our homies die while we in high school and go to war and lose all this shit. And you know what I'm saying? Like literally Mm -hmm. have children pass and be like, man, I don't need that shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's dope as fuck that you went. It's dope as fuck that it had that kind of benefit on you and your wife. Like, sure. And uh, I I had to ask myself, like, um, she always wanted me to open up and talk about things. And, um, it's just like, why can't I tell her about things? This is my wife. Why can't I open up and talk to her about how I feel? Then I realized I have a lot of trauma that I never dealt with before, even after all these years. So why yeah. am I uncomfortable to talk about things? But that's just traumas before, like that fear of, hey, I'll, I'll spill out my heart. But, you know, this age is social media. You spill out your heart and it's all on social media. Everybody know your business, you know. And so you don't want to tell nobody nothing. You know, you rather just eat it or deal with it. So years and years of that going to a therapist that you don't know this is my job to listen to you to diagnose you to just spill all of it out and you say things out loud that you have in your head that you never like that i said you, you say it out loud it's different before. and man i mean i was breaking down and all that i didn't know i was gonna be in there doing all that but man you realize how much you've been holding in all these years and that was that was the breakthrough i i had so that's on my experience and stuff so that's fire. Yeah, you see, you see how it be when you got the baby. So okay, look, we oh yeah, we got through, we got through the hard part. We got through all of this. So I guess we'll end it. We'll end it on the bright note. You know what I'm saying? You and Jordan expecting another baby now? Oh, for sure. Uh, his name is Cameron Dimitri McMillan. Cameron Dimitri. Okay. Yeah. What's up, man? When's he due? Uh, he's due um August seventh. August seventh. So section. did y'all uh? Did y'all did y'all plan this or did you know what I'm saying did, did you just find out she was pregnant? Were y'all just, trying to have man, a baby or did it happen? Man, the the wild thing is uh we were trying for a while and then uh <laughs> we kept checking and it was nothing happening, but we were still rocky during this time too. Yeah. So after we started really just working on each other, you know what? Let's not worry about no kid, let's work on each other. Let's do let's focus on us and just do us and if it happens, it happens. And that's exactly what happened. And that's when happened. she got pregnant. Yep. It's that's when, fucking when we start worrying man. about it. Yep. That's right hand of God. That's exactly how it happened. That is fucking perfect, bro. Well, fucking congratulations, bro. Like, Thank I want, you, man. Oh, one last question. One last question, bro. Like, for sure. Is there? I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess we'll do a two-part question. We'll do first of all, like when you found out or even now, like still, like having gone through what you went through with Ken. Like, is there any part of you that's like? still apprehensive like still kind of like is there is there like an underlying like tone of like almost i guess fear like about yeah for sure um i'm still working on that now as we speak but uh i noticed with him after my boy passed away i have a hard time getting close to people now because i feel like if i get close to you you become somebody i really enjoy and want to really be around a lot I, I might lose you. you to something. Yeah. So I have a fear of losing people now. So I have a, I got to ease myself back into the world a little bit, you know, and I think that's something I'm working on now is trying to ease back into it. Cause it's, it's a true fear, man. So it's one of those things. Um, 
And I just put my mental first. Like, if anything that's going to make me feel like it's going to get out of character, even the job, if I feel like if I go to work today and it's going to be on some, I, I'll call in because I put my mental first. Once that's shut out, everything else stopped working. And I learned that, man. So I take care of that. I put mental first, regardless of what it costs. Yeah, bro. I love I love it. I love to hear that shit, bro, man. I'm I'm excited for y'all. I'm excited to see like how this is all went full circle. You know what I'm saying? You look at it, y'all been together, y'all, y'all shit grown y'all whole lives with each other. Um, Pretty much spent all my twenties with her as a yeah, guy man. at that. <laughs> yeah, straight up, man. Watching that yeah. man having to go through something as 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 tragic as that and then like learning how to really build it back up. I think one of the things, man, like, and this is for, for you, for the audience, like, I didn't know, you know what I'm saying, Jalil's story in detail before this moment. I learned everything sure, that I, I learned. Tell anybody. Yeah, I learned everything that I learned about this just now. All I knew is that Jalil was Taki's little homie who had good energy and a good spirit. I had watched him lose a child that I, it, it was, you could tell that that Kian has special needs, so I didn't know if you knew you were going to lose him the whole time. I didn't know, like, the timeline. All I knew is that you raised a son with special needs that you lost at a young age, and that kind of watching you now, I could see, I could see your bounce back. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I see you now, when I see you back posting, you know, you used to have, like, 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 going back, like, Jalil used to have a little comedy page on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) <laughs> just just funny cat like always full of Dang. energy you know what i'm saying and it came to a point where all your posts were about your son which was like obvious you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying like when you you a proud dad like all your posts be about your kids you know what i'm saying For sure and then it came to a point where it was like i didn't really see much from you at all you know what i'm saying like i yeah, saw that he had um, passed and then I it did, was like I, I went ghost literally i cut off i um deleted all my social media changed my number and I literally just had to no distractions and figure out what the fuck's going on because I lost myself yeah first time in my life I lost myself I didn't know who I was the way I thought the way I do things yeah. I lost myself and um, I've been seeing I didn't you back, I was though. stuck for sure I've been seeing you back though and that's Dang. that's what that's what I was so happy to see bro that's what made me feel comfortable reaching out to do this interview you know what I'm saying for sure you know, I'm seeing you back on Snapchat, you know, clowning, you know what I'm saying, making Man. jokes, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing you putting other people on with your security business, bro. Oh, like, yeah. I'm always that trying to get somebody so paid, to, to be a nigga from the L. I mean, how much, and, and how much is, when you when you get somebody to come out and work for you, what's the minimum that they're getting paid an hour? Oh, armed security, you're getting like 15. 15, and think 16. About when you moved, like, you had, by the time you had moved to OKC, you was only making 13 50. You right. know what I'm saying? Busting your ass, doing, you know what I'm saying? Da, 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 da. Right. Like now you're in a position where it's like, nah, like, I'm going to put you on, you know what I'm saying, somewhere where you can make $15, $16 an hour, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going sure. from we a nigga looking for a job, hoping, that. wishing you could make 15 and being a nigga who hire motherfuckers for 15 So, like. Yeah, like, they start off at, like, 15 to 14 but we tr- we pay 18 starting out. So, see? it's even more than other everybody else. That's why, like, our contracts are filled right now. Because we start off with better pay, too. Because, man, if you're doing security, we believe, like, you should get paid for that. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you out there doing doing that. Right. So we'd be trying to pay accordingly, especially especially the type of work you do. We ain't going to put you in no crazy spot, you know. We ain't going to give you no job we wouldn't do. So, yeah, it's really easy bread, to be honest. So That's lit, though, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, hey, bro, like. 
I'm 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 proud of you, bro. I'm fucking you, you literally, bro. Your story is fucking is is literally inspirational as fuck, my nigga. Thank like, you, man. It is, bro. Like motherfuckers need to see that. I know it's other people who done lost, who done had to, who done had to deal with loss on that level. People who just trying to figure out how to make it through, like, bro, like your your dedication, your perseverance, the love you have for your family, the respect you show your for wife, sure. like all of that shit is 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 top level shit, bro. Like. Thanks, that's why man. I brought you on this motherfucker. I, I'm, bro. I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this motherfucking interview, bro. Oh, like, no doubt, man. Anytime. I'm I'm thankful that you wanted me on it, man. Shoot. Yeah, bro. I hope I hope that I hope this shit was. I hope this shit is as meaningful for for somebody else as it even was for you me. You look like you like, processing it, like man. I am, bro. Like this shit is lit, bro. Like you look like you like damn. You processing it. We really did that. You know what I'm saying, man. Yeah, this was this was <laughs> shout out shout out Key shout out Bree shout out uh, DJ all the other people I done interviewed hey. on here. This my favorite. This this the best interview we done had, bro. This is oh thank you, man. Yeah, I was just is, honest, man. A hundred with you. That's all. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. Love you, bro. Like I I appreciate all that shit. You see you see my little one. She getting anxious, man. She oh yeah, no doubt. It's about she said interviews is. over. <laughs> <laughs> Will you say bye bye? Will you say bye-bye? Say bye-bye. She said, I'm not, said, I'm not waving this. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm cool on that. Oh, there she go. There she oh, go. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. yeah, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I appreciate you, bro. I'm going to be in touch, man. Oh, no doubt, man. It's all love this way, too, man. You take care, bro. Yes, sir. Yeah, double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire. My mic jack. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself. It's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board. My nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab on it. Escape trials and tribulations. Fighting your honor. Shark in the water. Grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow. My nigga is worth. Billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they bury him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the billion. Yeah, man, you not tuning in there. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and billions